What's happening, everybody? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. We got the head coach of St. Francis High School, Todd Wolfson, not to be confused with Todd Wilson, like a lot of you guys do. Look at your text messages before you send them, coach. How are you, man? Pleasure to have you on the Pleasure show. Pleasure to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, I mean, you. I always get the text messages all the time. <laughs> hey, coach, when's core practice? When's this practice? I'm like, nope, this is Todd Wolfson. This is Todd Wilson. Well, you so. gave me one. A kid was trying to get to play without being uh, cleared for injury yep. this past week. Yep. Uh, it's been happening for literally eight years <laughs> yep. now. Yep. Um, it's pretty cool to see each other's business for no reason. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start the show off. Um, we look at our wall of hoop movies. Um, what's your favorite movie up here and why? Man, there's so many. I'm sure everybody says the same thing. Like, there's so many, it's hard to pick one. But the one that stuck out to me the most is Sunset Park. Like, Sunset Park for me, where I was, I was in high school at the time. Like, that was that was the that was the movie right there. Um, I enjoyed. It. I I thought you know the scene for me is when she's running them up and down the court and she's eating sitting there eating licorice and they're running up and down the court and joking around and me and my guys like our high school guys we always have one liners from the movie and that, yes. that was definitely my my go-to right there with Sunset Parks. So. That's one of my favorites. I think it's a slept-on movie. A lot of people even haven't even Correct. seen it. If you, sure. I don't think you grew up in our high school era. My favorite part is uh, Terrence Howard. It's a young Terrence uh -huh. Howard, a spaceman uh -huh. in the movie. And they're doing wall sits. And everybody's doing it and they're complaining. And you hear Terrence Howard in the background counting the clock down. One of the funniest movies. Five, four, just struggling through doing the wall sits. Yep. One of my favorite moments yep. of that movie. Yep, great movie. Sunset Park, what time is it? Awesome. So... Um, you know, here on the show, we just like to educate the basketball um, families, the culture, do anything we can to elevate their game. For uh, sure. Either inside the game, on the court, or uh, outside the game with their character, with information, anything we can do. Cool. I know you have a, a pretty decent Twitter following because um, you're always tweeting and giving good information, not to only sure. parents and people, but to coaches to help understand what you've been able to do. Um, if you guys didn't know, Wilson is a state champion. Yep, two, C two, two times. Yep. Two times state yep. champ, yep. CIF. CIF, uh, we're 0-3, but been there a couple times. So been there yeah. to the CIF. Yeah. Yeah. Two state champs, yeah. not not too bad. Multiple Division One players, a yep. lot of them playing overseas, yep. and um, just been able to develop um, a lot of people, run the tight system. You're known for just um, being very competitive in whatever you do. Appreciate and, that. Um, yep, a lot of respect for what Appreciate you do. So. That. Um, what do you think? Uh, we have a lot of these discussions just in basketball. Um, you're huge on just education uh, for the parents and understanding the game more. What are two or three of the biggest factors that you see that parents should know um, in this day and age in hoops? I mean, shoot, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the basketball world for parents. It's it's a tough, tough street to navigate all the time. Um, and I think just just being educated, getting as much information as possible um, is extremely important. So that would probably be my number one is like, Get as much education as you can in terms of like ask people that have been through it. You know, it's a it's a it's as tough, I guess, as you want to make it. But it is it is it is a difficult, you know, street to to, to kind of navigate in terms of like where should, what team should my kid play for? Like what things I should look for in an AAU coach, what things I should look for in a high school coach, what things I should look for in a middle school you know, coach. Like w these are things that in questions that I think parents need to just get as much information and as much education as they can. A lot of times, and I under completely understand it's 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 money decisions, right? Like, this is the best financially for my for my uh, for my kid right now, or this is the thing that works the most. Unfortunately, sometimes that's not the best place to go, and that's not the best right. decision. You know, it's 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 finding that for your son, and every kid is different. I think that would be my number two. Um, there's not a cookie cutter mold of like, you know, my kid's good as a fifth grader. How do I get him to the NBA? Right? right. There's not a one. There's not a one path. Or how do I get him to college to get to that point? Right. And I think that's that's the hard part. And I think that parents have to navigate is so they they look around and say and see, well, this kid went to this school and did this and did this and did this and now he's got a Division One scholarship to go where he wants to go. That great. That worked for him, but that might not work for your son. Right. right? That might not work for your family. Um, and there's a lot of intricacies and things that go into that. And you have to do what's best for your son, your daughter, your athlete nice. that you're going to be coaching. Um, so I think that's another important, uh, important part to it. And the third one I would, I would say is finding the people that surround your athlete is so important. Yeah. You know, great coaches are important, but great people are more important. Right. right? Like surround yourself with good people. There's a lot of research now that that's gone into you know since the club basketball football whatever sport you're in world is becoming so big there's been a lot of research recently um, that's gone into the success of youth 
athletes and what has taken thousands of athletes and why are these five to out of these thousands more successful than others sure there's a lot of genetic factors and right. factors that go into it but a lot of that 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 was looked into in terms of that is is the amount of role models that surround that athlete mm. and there's so much research being done into that the more positive role models that surround that athlete the more success they have and i think that's a huge thing that parents need to look into is like yeah, this person might be a great coach but are they a good role model also and finding that person who's a good coach and a good role model is even you know that that's the that's the the the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow so um, finding those kind of people is is important for your for your athlete. So I think that's that's probably the, th the three I would give you. Absolutely, I like that the the people that surround the athlete. Um, I I have something from uh, Brett Ledbetter's uh, "What Drives Winning." You know, he talks about the inner circle and the board yep. of directors, and those two things are like that's what I tell families all the time. Yep. I tell the kids, "Hey, your inner circle is very tight for sure. Stop letting other people influence your decisions. For that sure. board of directors are people you trust and who care about you, no matter if you're." going to be successful at basketball than anything. They're going to help make those decisions. For sure. And um, starting that at a young age, especially with dealing with middle schoolers who have an opportunity to get to that next level, yep. we try to create that early on. I think going back to your even all three of those, how do parents get that information? Because right now we have examples like one of my best friends is a huge LeVar ball advocate. Uh -huh. And so that's the blueprint for him. Uh -huh. Hey, he did it. His kids are in the league. Right. One for me, and I was blessed to be around him, Mr. Sean Holiday. Right. He also has three kids in the league who are, you know, successful in their sport. Yep. And he did it a total different way. How do we discern what the blueprint is for our kid? Right. I think, you know, getting to know your, getting to know your athlete, you know, your son, your daughter, you know, getting to know them and, and kind of finding what, what works for them. Um, you know, going back to a little bit of that of like, you know, LeVar Ball did it a certain way and it worked out for his kids, but man, that's such a unique situation. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, whether it was genetics or whether it was hard work or whether it was a combination of probably 10 different factors that got those three boys to where they are today. I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, that, that's a very special and unique circumstance. But I think, you know, having, having those opportunities and, 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 you know, getting parents to understand that there is there is past for everybody. Um, having parents understand that, um, you know, there's not there's not again going there's not a road to, to for 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 each kid that's that, that that that's to get that way. So finding the education, you know, listening to certain people who you trust, mm -hmm. listening to people who have been through it, um, I think is important. I had a I had a family that was kind of con concerned about what club team to play for. It's, it's their son that's a tenth grader, um, you know, and he's getting attracted from club team after club team and people are reaching out to him from universities and things like that. And he got the parents that wanted my advice. Now, one of the things I told them too was, was I have a couple of players who have now gone through the, the, the same thing. You know, they've, they're, they're now in college or they've graduated from college, um, played, played in college X, Y, Z, go, go call them. Here's their number, you know, find out what, what things they liked, you know, mm -hmm. they played for this team. They played for this coach. They played for this program. Did, did they enjoy yeah. it? Did they like it? You know, go ask and try to get those experience. I think that that's important. That's a firsthand experience. That's an unbiased experience. You know, they have no skin in the game. Um, and I think talking to people that are unbiased is, is, is important as well. Not like, uh, seeking out someone who has done it already for or sure. whose parents have gone through it already for instead sure. of your friend circle who think they know how to do it or right. somebody, a kid who has a large Instagram following and looks like they're doing everything they're supposed to do. Right. Could be their first time. They could just be really good at marketing and uh, the social media part for sure, whatever it is, but finding those people and just reach out to a coach. I think that's the biggest thing is yep. that we have, you have access to thousands of coaches on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, you can figure it out. And coaches love to tell you how to get better. 100%. Like it's literally our job. And so, I think that's super important for parents start seeking advice and getting in situations where people have done it before. Stop right. trusting your gut. Whatever it is that you do, we will follow you and your opinion about it probably. But this is what we do. Right. So right. Yeah. help yourself, help your kid the the the, the road to least resistance that's to try a good to get one. to where you want to be. That's exactly the point. Yep. I, uh, agree. I love that. That's um I think that's so important. Um so we've discussed this uh, multiple times, okay. reclassification yep. and your thoughts about reclassification. Um, 
you know, core prep started with eight kids who reclassified. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, an opportunity that knocked on my door and I couldn't say no to the, that opportunity. And throughout the years, you know, my opinion about reclassification has, I'm not going to say changed, but it's definitely shifted. And yeah. it's a case by case situation uh, in my, you know, in my experience with it, because it's yeah. worked out where there's kids who've reclassified and they're in college now where we don't know if they would have made it to college otherwise. Um, what are your thoughts on reclassification and um, just the student's overall development, not just as a basketball player, but as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, again, positives and negatives. There are certain kids who should, and there are certain kids who shouldn't. And that's a tough, another tough factor and decision, you know, that has to go into that. And then who do you trust for that advice and who do you trust for that info um, in terms of like re reclassifying? I think for some kids, it's, it's necessary, you know. Um, there's a kid I know who's, shoot, was 5'2", was an eighth grader and weighed 140 pounds soaking wet. He was a, an average student, you know, he didn't really have a great friend circle. His his friends were doing things that he probably shouldn't be doing and he enjoyed basketball. He's actually pretty pretty darn good at it for his size and, 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 it, and, his, and his age and he reclassified and it made a huge difference. He was mm. five, you know, came five, eight now going into high school and five, seven, whatever it was. And you know, had a little bit more maturity under him. He changed, completely changed his friend circle because those kids now went on to high school and he wasn't with them. There was a huge advantage for him to do that. Um, and I think that's that's definitely ways that, there, there's definitely reasons why it definitely works. Um, and then there's the other side of it where the kids are just doing it to do it, to try to get an extra year behind them. Yeah. Um, when, they under, when, when, they, when they have to understand this, it's not great for everybody. Right. It's just not great for everybody. There's gotta be certain cases where it works and certain cases where it doesn't. Um, I think if your only interest in, re in doing it is to become a better basketball player, I think that's, to me, not the best way to – it's not something you should be doing if it's yeah. strictly basketball. Because I think a lot of these kids is nowadays, it's, it's you're putting all your eggs in one basket, right? Yes. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. You're putting a lot of pressure on a 13-year-old kid. They got to make it, you know? They gotta, yeah. They're losing their friends. They're losing their, their circle. They're changing teams. They're changing club teams. They're changing schools for a year. Like it's a lot. It's a lot for one year and a lot of pressure to put on a 14, 13, 12 year old kid to have to go through all that saying, we're doing a lot of this just so you can get better at sports, just so you can get better at this. And now that kid goes into high school knowing like, I'm a year older, I'm a year stronger, but I lost all the stuff from the outside. I lost my friend circle. I lost all that stuff that, that, that I had. And that's tough. You know, that's yeah. tough. And I think it, I think, like I said, there's positives and negatives to it. Mm -hmm. I think every kid's different. I think every situation's different. Um, going back to kind of earlier is like, you got to have a, you got to have a circle of people you can trust, you know, and, and get advice from them, you know, find people that are honest and aren't trying to make a buck off your, off your kid. Right. Um, you know, they have no skin in the game. They have no financial interest. Get their advice, you know, and just see what they have to say. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that we need more people in this game. You know, people like 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 you, and there's plenty of other coaches I can name that are that are that are doing this. Yeah, some of them make money here and there, but but in the end, they're here to help kids. Yeah. You know, they're here to help kids, and that's that's what we need more of in this game. Absolutely, I think the important part for a kid who's reclassifying just for basketball to get better has to understand that you actually get better by playing older competition. Correct. I always tell kids who reclassify to go play up. If you're going to reclassify, we're not going to keep you in 14U right. playing against kids that you're younger than you, right. less physically mature than you. Go play up and actually prepare for high school. Right. And that's the, probably the biggest difference that I've learned over these years when, you know, my first year I had like four kids who were like 6'3", 6'6", 6'7", who were doing it. Um, and it was probably for basketball reasons. Yep. They were 4.0 students and, yep. you know, it was strictly basketball. And now they progressed well. They all ended up going to college and being successful, but I also saw the disadvantage of them not being getting bored, right? Playing at, at their age group or even in high school, right? Reclassifying back up to get to where they wanted to go because yep. they're like, yeah, this is boring now. And so I think that's extremely important to play up, play at a higher level. It's okay for them to fail against somebody older. It's true. If you're failing it with eighth graders, that's true. You're reclass. That's, that's tough. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. And I think the other part too that I think parents have got to start to understand is I, me and my buddy counted the other day um, from last taking last year if you go from pretty much orange county to the end of the san fernando valley in terms of or even you know ventura county 
there was 16, I want to say it was 16, somewhere in that number of kids that got a Division One scholarship for basketball. Wow. And that's thousands and thousands and thousands of kids in that area. I mean, if you think about all those schools and all those high schools, and it's, a, you know, we don't live in the middle of Idaho. You know, we live in right. Southern California where there is a dense population of really good basketball players. And 17 kids got a Division wow. One scholarship. I think parents think everyone's getting Division One basketball right. scholarships and everyone's getting Division One football scholarships. And they're passing them out. All you got to do is fit this criteria, play at this high school, play for this club team, and you're in. It's not, that's not the case. You know, social media will make it look like that's the case. Right. Everybody's getting offers and everybody's signing and doing all this great stuff. But, right. you know, look at the transfer portal and then look at how many people are really getting Division One scholarships. It's not everybody. And yeah. I think there's a thought that if you go and do this, you know, follow this road again, you know, here's where you're going to, you're, you're going to end up, you know, yeah. and I think that's a hard part for parents to kind of swallow too. How do you explain that to a parent of somebody who's a, maybe a highly talented, highly touted middle school that are coming into your program as a freshman, how do you speak about them, about the road that's ahead of them to reach a goal of playing just college basketball in general? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's, it's, we, I'm not a big goal guy in terms of like team goals, but in terms of individual goals, I'm huge. Um, so I always meet with our kids as soon as they come into school. Um, and we talk about setting a goal, like, like, what are your goals? And of course, every, you know, young interested basketball player, you know, play at UCLA, play at Duke, you know, mm -hmm. th these are my goals. Great. Great. No problem. Let's, let's see if we can get you there. Not saying we can, I never right. want to tell a kid no. Right. But let's also have other goals, you know? Maybe, maybe my other goal is a, a 4.0 GPA. Maybe my second goal is to play in college, period, whether that's right. Division three, Division two, II, Division one, NAIA. Let's set goals that we can achieve. You know, maybe my, my other goal is to be the school president, you know, to play for a AAU program that has a shoe con. You know, like, let's set goals that are somewhat achievable that we can mm -hmm. kind of get to so we're not going 0 for 6 or we're not going right. 0 for 1, right? If Duke didn't work out for that young man, he failed, you know? Right. And, and we don't want to have any thoughts of failure. We want to make sure that those goals are so achievable for our guys. Um, and at least we can hit. If we set 10, we're going to hit 8. Yeah. You know, maybe Duke's not there, but, you know, he, he's going to play basketball. He's getting he's getting financial a financial package from a, a college who might be a Division three, Division two, right? right? And, and, and we, we're getting to that point. And I always try to make sure kids understand, too, it's not about just Division one right now. You know, yeah, go, go look at the basketball world right now and all the transfers we have and all the stuff, you know, stuff we have going on. I, it's, I have a I have a young man who played Division one basketball a couple years ago and I have a young man who played Division three basketball a couple years ago, both the same year. And they came back, shoot, two months ago for to, you know, to say what's up and shoot around in the gym and do all that stuff. And the Division three kid actually gets more gear, flies on more planes. <laughs> and plays a little bit of a tougher schedule than the kid actually plays Division One. Like their preseason wow. schedule was was more difficult than the, than that team. I think everybody thinks Division One. You're flying around on a on a private jet. And you're eating caviar yeah. and you're doing all that stuff. When really that's not the case for most. Sure, Kentucky, Duke, right. the Blue Bloods. That you know, you're you're, you're getting nice stuff. Yeah, you're doing you're yeah. doing all that. But the rest of those schools, it's it's not it's not like that. Sure, it's great, um, but it's not like that. I think everyone thinks that that's the. So there is the three schools that fly you around, treat you well, like you're a Division One program. Gear, I mean, he had eight, <laughs> he had eight pairs. He's a Division Three school. He said he had eight pairs of trainers and, and basketball shoes, and he's sending gear home to mom. And like, yeah. that's a huge. And you know, the Division One kid said he got one pair of shoes the whole year. You know, and that's wow. that's what people have to start to realize is it's not always about Division One and. You know, um, best situation. Best yeah, situation. too. And you know, if everyone's dreams the NBA, I never want to, you know, never want to tell a tell, tell a kid, you're, you know, hey, you're not going to go to the NBA, right? But hey, if your dreams the NBA, great. We're uh, the NCAA and the NBA are billion dollar businesses, right? Yeah. If you're good enough, they will find you. They'll find you. They will <laughs> find you. Like it doesn't matter anymore. They will find you. There's tape on everything. Everything's filmed. Every film's broken down. There's stats on everything. They will find you. Yeah, the Derek White story, Gabe Vincent. For sure. Ben Wallace. Like, you have all these people who made their way to the NBA because they never stopped working. And For sure. In their situation, they made the best of their situation wherever they were. What? And, and speaking of that, so you've seen um, a lot of talented kids uh, being a mission league coach, coaching at St. Francis. What separates the ones that are – like really division one players, impactful division one players versus ones who are on a lower level. What do you think that separation is? I think, I mean, it's a great question, first of all, but I think there's a couple things. Uh, the first one I would have to go to, they, they have an elite mindset. Like their mindset is different than everybody else's. And you can tell when you play against them, when you like they warm up different, they walk in the gym different. 
like their mindset is different from the second they walk in that gym. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing to see, like you can tell there's a five, like that's a five star, that's a four star kid. Like it's in and they're five star from the, from the second they walk in to the second they leave. And it's, it's not just when they're on the court. Um, and I think that's what separates a lot of those kids is, is that, I mean, I remember watching Johnny Juzang when he was at Harvard Westlake and he would walk in the gym like he was the best player in the gym from the second he walked in. And he was, he would, you know, our locker rooms at our school are, are pretty close. So you can see kind of what the other locker room is and kind of what's going on. He was full sweat, lather. I mean, he, it looked like he played two quarters before the game even started. I mean, he had headphones on, he was jump roping, he was moving, he was sliding, he had bands on. I mean, he, he, he got it, you know, and look where he is now. And I think it correlates a little bit. Um, and I've seen those kind of kids, Parker Jackson Cartwright, who was at Loyola, like yeah. similar mindset when he walked in the gym. Um, and I think that's the, that's definitely the first one. And the second one is those guys, I think the difference is they do everything where I've seen plenty of guys that are 25, 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you wonder like, man, he's 28 a game. Like, right. where's his offers? Why is he not going where he needs to go? You know, he's a rebound a game. He doesn't box out. You know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't know his help side rotations. You know, he, he's, he's not running set. Like he's not running things when the you know, late game, when the coach wants him to like fourth quarter, they're not going to him to get a bucket late. Like there's little things that I think coaches see. Um, and then you look at guys like those guys who we can actually, we can name 10 guys that have gone to the NBA from, from, from that league. They do everything. They rebound. They they defend. They block shots. They they dive on the floor. They take charges. They they make a play fourth quarter down by one. Like they make a play, um, and you can see those things. And I think that separates. That's probably the number two. It just separates them from from the other guys. They're not just scores. Right. They do everything. Yeah. So and that's definitely pretty unique. Yeah. No, that's that's a. I think that's great information for people to know, families to know, because they. We work so heavily on offensive skill, right, and not about the other parts of the game, right. And so it's important for them to understand all that and to get all that. Um, that it's a, a holistic approach to right. basketball, for sure. The mindset piece is so key. I remember speaking to Johnny. It was when he was going into his tenth grade years when mm-hmm. he, I think, really turned a corner. He was always serious, always in the gym. He stopped listening to music. He started eating right. He started doing prehab, yoga, all that kind of stuff is when he really flipped the switch. Uh-huh. I was waking up at 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, you're a pro now. I, I knew it when he was like, you're a yep. pro. You're yep. doing things that I don't even know if some pros do. Yep. <laughs> but that was there. And I'm like, oh, that now I know where you're headed. Because right. You had this realization of your dream and you did everything, all the actions that follow yeah. that belief in your dream. Yep. And that's what the... The message is to the kids now is like, hey, if you think you're a pro, act like one. For sure. In the classroom, the way you dress, the way you walk, the way you talk, how you speak to anyone. How... And a lot of middle schoolers don't get that. For sure. And it hits them later. For Sometimes sure. Sometimes it's too late. For like, sure. Yeah, that that window to where you need to become serious about the game to really have an opportunity to play pro or play in the right. NBA. Right. It, it happens around 14, 15 nowadays right you know right unless you're seven foot for you, sure you, you know you have some tools that you know you can be a little less uh developed for sure but and i think i think third if i had to add one more it's it's they're, they're good people like mm. all those guys that i've seen go through they're good people like i can i can tell you five six nba guys that have come through uh the back you know hey, we're i'm the opposing coach what's up coach how you doing man like good to see you you know good luck today like they're good people they they get it um you know uh I always tell a story to Anthony Melton, who played at Crespi. Um, our last time we played him, you know, he came and gave me a hug when the game was over. It's like, Coach, it's been a pleasure to play against you. You know, I, you know, always, always brought good game plan. No, he didn't have to say that. Whether right. he's lying or telling the truth, he didn't have to say something like that. And that, that mm-hmm. to me is, it shows he's a good. He's, he's, he understands all of it. Yeah. And that's, I think, just being a good person too. Like, you know, you don't have to flaunt every time you make a three. You know, <laughs> right, you, right. you can be a good person and still be successful. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be all about you. No, absolutely. So. That that's a good transition to our next segment of my Rushmore. Okay, it's your Mount Rushmore. We're gonna do your top four okay. players that you either coached or coached against. Okay. Okay. I'm not gonna say let's say coached against. Yeah, I'm not gonna let's say, say coached against because you'll, you'll put everybody out. That's I'm gonna right, start getting phone calls after this. Yeah. <laughs> four players that you coached against. Okay. Top four of all. Okay. Well, I'll go right to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rank them one through four. 
Yeah, but, no, uh, he's a top four, yep. Um, I'm just going to go against guys I've coached off the top of my head, and I'm just going to use D'Anthony Milton as, as, as one of them. Um, he was unbelievable. He, uh, I'll never, he would just, he would like that, just go from zero to hero, like within, you know, what first minute he wouldn't score, like, oh, okay, we got a good game plan. And then all of a sudden it'd be, it'd be 10 straight. You'd block a shot off the backboard, he'd dive on the floor, he'd take a charge, and the game would be from a two point game to a 15 point game like that. And he, he affected every area of the yeah. game. And that's, you know, I think that's so important is he wouldn't just get a bucket, he was every area of the game. Still doing that in the NBA now. Shoot, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Crazy. He is. He is. And uh, and then two, I would have to say Tyler Dorsey. As much as I, he was a thorn in my side. Um, you know, Tyler Dorsey. We we lost to them in the in the finals when he was at Bosco, um, and then we lost to him again in the finals a couple couple years um, after when he was at Maranatha. And uh, he was he was good. Like he just he could score. He could rebound. Um, but the thing about him, he could get a bucket when he needed to get a bucket. And uh, he had an innate knack for getting to the free throw line. And it was just, we tried our hardest. You know, we, we practiced for a day with our hands behind our back and our pockets, trying not to foul mm-hmm. him. And he shot 17 free throws in the first half. Um, I mean, he was just, he had an innate, he had innate ability just to, just to get a bucket. Um, and then, you know, third, I'll go with, I'll go with the Ball Brothers. Can I use all three? All three, that's, one. that's fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> played, him, played against him, coached against him twice. And, uh, First game we lost by a decent amount. Second game we lost on a buzzer beater, um, and it was both games were great. You know they were uh, they were challenging. It was a fun environment. They got us ready to play. Uh, we had a really good team that year, and we lost to one of buzzer beater. And they had a really good team that year, uh, and I just knew from the from from the get go. You know I think Mello was a was a freshman. Mm-hmm. I'm like this kid is just different. He's just different. different. You know yes. he's just different. Again, it it was it was it was business for him. Like. You could tell from the way he warmed up to the way, like he was, he was different, um, and uh, and special. So that was, I'd say, the the Ball Brothers. I'll go with three, um, and then with my fourth, I'm gonna go with uh, with with again, uh, well, I don't say brothers, but more more Thomas Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was at Loyola, seven foot, and uh, you know, coached against him all four years when he was at Loyola. He was he was tough. Played for the Denver Nuggets for a while. Um, was was very impressive, you know. Block shots, rebounded, dunked everything around the rim. Yeah. Uh, just just was a force, force around the basket. Um, so I'm probably missing guys. I'm probably gonna get some, 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 some DMs or <laughs> something. Good, like, hey, you forgot about him, and you know. But this, these are off the top of my head. Those the four I, I would give you. No, so. that's good. Four really six with the ball. Yeah, as, that's as true. A whole, so that's all true. Touch the NBA. Yep. Still playing professionally, all of them, yep. and so. I think it's a good four. And, yeah, how about you? Oh, uh, man. Okay. This is, this is, uh, gotta make you think a little bit. I gotta think a little <laughs> bit here. First one, Benny Boatwright. Okay. When he's a village Christian, just, uh, 6'10 and can just shoot the yep. ball, man. Yeah. He, and he rebounded and he never let off the gas, yep. actually. And, Nice kid. He was, yep. Like you said, yep. solid kid, yep. awesome kid, still smiles and says hello to this day. And, yep. and uh, the way he handled himself and the environment he was in because they were smacking everybody when they had that team um, his senior year mm-hmm. at, uh, at Village. And he just would play basketball. And it was a beautiful thing to watch somebody, to see somebody that tall then shooting threes. Yep. It was like, this is crazy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is crazy. So. Yep. Benny Boatwright, um, Jordan Cohen okay. at Campbell Hall. This is our like second year at Heritage. He cooked us for 16 points in the first quarter so quick. <laughs> Just put it on yep. us, and we could not Good get player. over that hump. Good and player. his poise, um, I coached him when he was a freshman, actually, okay. when I was at Campbell Hall. And so his poise and his uh, maturity mm-hmm. always stood out to me. He's, he's playing pro over in Israel now. Yep. I think he just won the championship or headed to the cha- wow. Series A championship. Him. But uh, I always just loved his game and how competitive he was. Um, third, T.A. Clark. Okay. Just because of to be as short as he is mm-hmm. and the things he can do on the court, yep. the control and the defense and the passing and the – Everything he yep. did is just so much respect because I've seen him work hard. I think I'm a little biased. I've seen him since he was maybe eight years old. Yep, just working. He's just always in the gym working, and yep. you would you would know he was good, but you never knew how good he could be until he got that opportunity yep. to be great. On eight years old, but probably playing ten. You 
11 years. Oh, yeah, years. he was playing against high school. Uh, I met him at 360 Gym. He used to run with us in the runs. 100%. And we used to beat him up because he was little, but you could tell he was 100%. going to be all right. 100%. And, uh, yeah, he just the things he did and how he played. He's, he's probably one of my favorite point guards of all time. Him and Larry Drew, actually, but okay. I didn't get to see, you, uh, <laughs> get to see him. Okay, so uh, is it Tyler Dorsey? It might be Tyler Dorsey. I'm trying to think. I know I'm missing out on people, but Tyler Dorsey. Okay. Yeah. He, okay. He uh, we held him to one point one quarter. Then he had thirty nine in the rest. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were doing something. Yeah. And like you said, he got to the free throw line. He offensive rebound. Yep. He was just a bucket, and just kept pouring it on us and had a smile on his face the whole yep. time he did it. Yeah. He loved he loved basketball. Yeah. And just to see that. Um. But yeah, from high school, I, I know I'm forgetting somebody, but those four are the ones who stood out the most. Cool. Guards, good list. Uh, well, Benny Bow, right? Kind of a guard, but yeah, yeah, that's the four. That's so. great. Um, now seeing all that, where do you think basketball is going? It's become a lot more positionless, okay. a lot more uh, focused on skills and development and all these things. With everybody has their trainer, everybody mm-hmm. has their own strength coach, everybody has access to these resources, but the market is flooded, yep. in my opinion, right? Yep. With the club teams and all these things. Where is basketball going and how does a kid or a family, we talked about a little bit, getting the right advice, but what else can they do to really put their kid in a position to win in, in what they're doing to, to excel and develop? What do you think that looks like? I mean, you know, going back to the three things we talked about earlier, I think that's part of it. Uh, I, I, I think the other part is making sure your kid has other avenues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing, I, I have a, a great player I'm coaching right now. Um, got a lot of division one offers but he's he's very balanced in a lot of the things he does like he has a he has a stock portfolio and he he's into he's into fashion and he's into other things and I think having that balance with your son or your daughter is so important too because they're gonna burn out like yeah. it's it's not it's a grind like being that good for that long at that level and having your soul for your sole number one purpose be a sport is it's a grind like it's a grind shoot coaches go through it too like, yes. it's a grind you know um having time off taking a vacation taking a mental break being into other things you can focus on your sport shoot 20 20 hours a day for for you know but maybe take a day and do some other things yeah. you know you don't have to go seven days a week you're, you're gonna be okay if you miss a day and you decide to go hang out with some friends and and, and, and do some other things you know maybe you're into art or you're into something else like have a balance, um, and I think that's that's a that, that's an extremely important thing. Um, I think that's one of the things I think I hope parents can kind of like take take a little bit of that advice. Is like yeah. like it's okay to to take a day. You know, ninety nine percent of these parents are pushing their kid to grind, 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 grind. Yep. Yet their parents can't. You know, the parents can't wait till Friday at five when that clock's over, and they can have their two days to right. to, to unwind. Right? Like everybody looks forward to that. Like your kids need to look forward to having that Sunday or that whatever day you want to have it to for them to kind of go into other avenues and be successful. Um, and then I think too, like, like uh, having your kid fail, yeah. whatever the word failure actually really means, but having your kid go through adversity, having your kid deal with a coach that's tough for a while, having, a, having your kid be able to deal with like, you know, mom, dad, this teacher is giving me a hard time. Okay, you need to, de- you know, here's the steps you need to deal with it first before we get involved, you yes. know? My coach is doing this, okay. That's fine. Your coach is hard on you. Your coach wants the best out of you. Here's the steps you need to follow before we have to get involved, you know, before we, before I'm going to even open my mouth to your coach and having your kid deal with some type of adversity, you know, it's okay to lose every once in a while, you know, it's okay to not have a number one ranking, you know, as a, as a sixth grader, like, it's okay. Like, can't believe they rank sixth grade. When, so. <laughs> when you're number one, you know, what, what else do you have to look forward to? You know, yeah. my parents always tell me, you know, when I got my first car, my first car was shoot 500 bucks if it was if i was lucky you know mm-hmm. in terms of how much i probably you know they cost them and and i was always mad because i had all these friends that were getting all these nice cars and, you know doing all these nice things my parents always told me you know if you have the nicest from the start and you have the best from the start what do you what are you gonna look forward to how hard are you gonna work and i think you know playing on the best club team and being ranked and having yourself ranked as a you know whatever and having all this stuff and millions of instagram followers like what do you have to look forward to? Yeah. You know, what are you striving to do? Instead of you take the other kid who doesn't have that, doesn't have, doesn't play on that top club team and doesn't have the best facilities to train in and rankings and all this stuff, that kid's going to have a lot more drive, yeah. you know, to get to where he wants to go. 
you know, and I think that's that, that that's so important is having adversity, dealing with that um, and not being like everybody else. So. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I, the adversity one is the one that just you see these kids and the opportunities and I'm, I'm going to say privilege, yeah. privileges they have as kids yep. to have to work out in a gym every day. Yep. We had to work out outside for sure to have a trainer and to do all these things. And when they do not only have to fight through those moments of conflict, mm -hmm. but also when they misbehave, take those things away. For sure. Make them appreciate and value the resource that you are. For sure. I've had literally I've had parents tell me, oh, we don't take basketball away. We'll take his phone. We'll do this. We won't take basketball away. I'm like, well, you're going to continue to see this behavior. For sure. Until you really take what they love right. away. That's the most and, important. And, and it's like you're – even if they make it to college, when they get to college, they're going to have this moment, this hard moment right. of either lack of appreciation or not being able to handle that adversity. Right. And it's going to set them back right. all the way back to that moment right. to where you didn't get ahead of it. 100%. And um, so allowing that to happen is super important. And I like what you said about having multiple uh, things that they're interested in yep. and all that. I think playing multiple sports yep. until high school is yep. super important. Yep. I always... For my, at first, I did, and I was like basketball only right. when I was a young, dumb trainer. And then I realized the kids who, that ran track, that played a little baseball, played a little flag football, um, man, it balances them out. And it helps them in basketball in the long run. 100%. It, it gives them a different feel, a different look, a different friend group to deal with, That's different attitudes. Yep. And they get to relate to people different and, right. and understand different cultures and teams. Right. And, and how how you can bring that into basketball because so basketball the team game and it's supposed to be it's become so individualized right you can't do that in football right you You're can't right. do that in soccer you can't right. do that in you know uh, all these other sports that right. you participate in right. so it brings that team piece to right it. and i think too like don't do what all your friends are doing i think that's another important one like you know well everybody's going to this tournament and like who says that's the tournament you have to go right. to like everyone's going to this school or everyone's you don't have to follow the steps of everybody else like you know, going back to every kid is different. Every situation yeah. is different. You know, so many parents and so many kids have just this FOMO of like, if I don't do what they're doing, I'm going to fall behind. Like, no, you're not. Take a deep breath. You're not, you know. Right. You know, sometimes playing on a club team where it's not as good, but you have to rebound and you have to play defense yeah. and you have to score and you have to play basketball <laughs> or you're not going to win, you right. know. Like, put put that pressure on your son instead of playing a game where he or she doesn't doesn't have a good one, but they still win by 30, like, I feel like there's more to the other side of it. So absolutely. No, I, I love that. The club team thing gets me just, um, you know, playing on a higher level club team with the shoe and all that being on the bench, just playing eight minutes yep. versus playing at another place where you can get valuable experience, play up, play competitive, and for sure. Develop your game when you're on that. hundred percent, especially until you're a sophomore because college coaches can't even talk to you until then. So you've been watching the uh, NBA playoffs, of course. All right, where, where are you where where do you think are you a Lakers fan? Of course. Okay, awesome. Lakers fan. <laughs> what what do you think? Last night was interesting to me. I seen the LeBron that we've been seeing mm -hmm. for the first quarter, mm -hmm. and it looked like he tweaked his ankle. I think that's what happened. He tweaked his ankle and tried to play through it, and you saw his age finally catch up with with the injury. Yeah. And and he was trying to find the mental capacity to get through it. Yep. And the physical almost took over. Yep. The first time you kind of seen that, right? Yep. Uh, my hope, this is my belief. It's unfortunate at this point. I said for the Lakers to win this series, AD has to have a good game every game, win or loss. He had a bad game and a loss, which makes me feel like I don't want it to happen, but Denver's going to win this series just because of yesterday, because okay. of AD. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on the series? What did you think about last night? What are your thoughts on this? I, mean, I thought last night was, you know, it's it's NBA is such a production where like I don't I don't want this to come off bad, but like not every game means as much as I think people want it to mean. Right. Like yeah, sure every game's important, you got to win them, right? Like you're trying to win and you're trying to like it's a seven game series like yeah. The series doesn't really start, I feel like, until somebody beats somebody at home, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
Sure. You're going to lose a couple games. Like, you know, the Lakers weren't going to go in there and sweep them. And I don't think the Nuggets are going to come to L.A. and sweep us. Like, right. it, 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 it's just there's so much that has to go into it. And you really only got to win one game on the other person's home court, unless you're obviously the Nuggets and win them all at home. But, like, they just got to get one. Yes. They got to get one. And they'll have two more opportunities, assuming they win the next two, hopefully. Um, and I think there's just the the adjustments constantly every game, the seriousness of, like, okay, like, you know, we got to start ramping it up. Now we're down 0-2. Um, I think it's interesting. And then I think the third, the second part about it is like we, we, we as basketball fans, whether you hate him or you love him, like LeBron is this like Superman take my cape yes. off. Like we don't see him as being invincible, right? Like at some point in time, LeBron's going to save us. Like at some point in time, he's going to, he's going to rip off his, his jersey <laughs> yes. and he's going to have a cape <laughs> on. Right. And I think, I think we get to a point where it's like, like he is, you know, him and I are the exact same age. Like, shoot, I, I hurt a little right. bit when I wake up, and I don't, do not do as much as LeBron does. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, I can only imagine what his body's going through and what, yeah. what his, his mental state is going through. Um, so we're going to see a little bit, as sad as it is, like we're going to see a little bit of wear and tear and a little bit of a, of a, of a step back. I still, like, have this belief that he's going to rip this, you know, that he's going to come back in the next game and have that, you know, just because I, I feel he's done so much for the game of basketball and he's so good. But uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah, we're starting to see a little bit of it. You're right. Like you're starting to see a little like, man, he might be a step slow. I know. I don't yeah. know if the altitude has something to do with it. You know, that they're That's up there, yeah. you know, and uh, he mentioned it before game one. He's like, man, the altitude. Oh, it's real. You know, he said it's real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe when he gets to L.A. or <laughs> get a little lung more lung capacity. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's your second part with A.D. He's the key. He's the key to the Lakers. Yes. You know, LeBron's arguably the best player, but he's the key. You know, we go as where A.D. goes. and um. You know, I don't think he had a horrible game last game. It just wasn't a, an A-B playoff. Yes. What we needed from him, he needs to get over 20 points, at least, like, just bare minimum. And I know it's hard playing defense. He's in there. They're all trying to guard yep. Jokic, and he's just a monster. And they yep. got so many weapons. So I don't I don't devalue that his efforts on defense yep. aren't there. It's yep. just he's guarding that MV, like one, <laughs> an MVP candidate, you know? Like, Maybe one of the best players ever. Right. Yeah. And so you have to – and he's so – Jokic is so smart, yeah. and he's not using his athleticism yeah. to do anything. He's just playing the game per- perfectly. It's yep. just a chess, chess match. And so yeah. I think I think, I think they can pull it out. I do. I have hope. Yep. I need I need everyone to step up. They need to get the ball to Rui more. Yeah. Just let him rock out, too. Like, yeah. the guy's getting buckets, so keep on yeah. giving it to him. Like, yeah. They, yeah. And our, they and our point guard's got to step up. You know, Schroeder and, 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 and Russell – whether it's one or both, like they, we got to get some out of that position. Yeah. You know, we got to get some out of that position. And uh, I think, you know, having that third punch, that third option, you know, Rui and, uh, and, and Austin Reeves are, are doing what they can, but those, those one, one of those two got to step yes. up for the Lakers. So. I've already caught Russell out so many times on this thing. Cause yeah. he's so talented yeah. and that, that trigger didn't switch yet. The maturity. You can still see it in his game. Like, he's right there. He's still young. He's 25, 26. So, For he's sure. still there where it's time, though. Yep. And this is that moment where, hey, man, like, don't point to your vein just one time yep. after you make a three. Yep. Just one time and get to the next play. Yep. Start thinking about what you need to do to win. Not yep. saying that he's not because I respect his game. I respect his talent. I respect all NBA players because they're good. I just want to see the seriousness in which he approaches the game, yeah. where LeBron's is, where, shoot, Austin Reeves is, yep. you know? Yep. So, we talked about earlier with the high school kids. That's what separates yes, you, right? right. It's like having that seriousness from the second you walk into the gym to the second you go home. Yeah. So yeah, He's having you. fun with this. So, I agree. You know, if I'm making $25 million a year shooting threes, yeah. I have fun too. But, yeah, um, yeah playoff time. Let's yep. put our big boy pants on. Yep. So. Yep. Um, all right, so this is a, a segment of our show where we go, we hop in the DeLorean, we go back to a time in history, and we're going to go back to March 2019 or 2020. 2020. Yeah. So we're going back to March 2020. Rudy Gobert at a press conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touching the mic. Yep. Uh, I think it was such a pivotal time. Yep. For hit in history, right? But specifically basketball. Yep. As you brought up earlier, it was a pivotal time. Um, go back to that day, that time. Where were you guys? You and your team and that man. old blunder. Man, <laughs> man. I have to make sure I go back to my therapist after this one again. <laughs> but uh, that was a rough one. I mean, I remember I was on the phone with Southwest trying to book 21 flights 
Sacramento. We were on our way to the state championship. Uh, and we're literally, kid you not, not making it up. On the phone with Southwest, talking to a group agent who's trying to book, you know, you can't just go on the website and book 21 flights. So trying to book 21 flights to Southwest, um, trying to organize a bus. And I'm literally sitting there on the phone and I see Gobert, this whole thing with touch. He's, you know, he's touching the mics and he's coughing and he's pretending he's. And then I, the bottom, it says, you know, uh, I think it was the Pelicans and the Kings in Sacramento was can't, was going to be canceled like halfway through the game. And literally my heart just sunk. I'm like, there's no way they're going to cancel right. an NBA game and let a bunch of high school kids come in four days later. Right. And I was like, man, this is, you know, just, just start praying to whoever you're believing in. And, you know, like it was just such a pivotal time, you know, for our team. We were, we were headed to the state championship, you know, that the, the very next day. Um, we got called um, on our way, literally backpacks to the bus. We're like, we're going to pretend like this is all going to happen because we have to, right? We don't want to go up there, you know, not go up there. And then God forbid they say, all right, we're going to play. Um, and we're getting phone calls, you know, from parents, you know, are they going to let parents in? Are they going to wonder what's going to happen? And then we see the Ivy League shut down basketball and all athletics. And at that point, we knew we were, we, we knew we were done. Um, and I think it just changed, it changed how I coach. It changed a lot about how, you know, how I believe you know, I, I, I take, you know, I was telling my fiance the two days ago, like we had a great practice a couple of days ago. Um, and I told her, I said, I love coaching basketball. I love what I do. Like, and I'm, I, I'm so fortunate that I, that we are able to coach. And I think that time that we all had when we had to sit in our homes and especially from a coach's standpoint, like we really didn't, I don't think we really appreciated how much we love the game and like how much we enjoy helping kids and coaching hoops and, and being a part of that, 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 that path for a lot of these guys um may as selfish as you want to call it but like i'm in the gym coaching and i'm just I'm, i got a smile on my face you know yeah. and that that got taken away from us i'm sure similar similar mm -hmm. to you um so i do appreciate the game a lot more from have, going through that experience and, and and really understanding like we're very fortunate to be doing what we're doing and helping kids and being a part of a sport that we you know love so that was yeah. a huge pivotal point for yeah. me i'm sure it was for a lot of basketball guys you know um, but yeah, I can imagine just on your way to the state championship. Yeah. And so with what is two could have and probably should have been three at that moment, too. And that, you know, you know, I think in our hearts here in Southern California, you're an honorary state champion oh, that year for sure. Yeah. Um, along with, you know, Sierra Canyon was on their way to the open. There was a lot of teams. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, just selfishly. It wasn't just yeah, us. You yeah, know, no, it was, it was just crazy to see that it's literally the last game of the season. We're just like, push it through. Like, just let's play this last game. Yep. And get through it and uh, not to be able to see that and those kids, right? Those kids fought so hard to get to that moment. Yep. And I'm sure that's what hit the most was that these kids who worked for this, yep. this opportunity, you know, never got to see it all the way through. Yep. And um, so that yep. that is probably an amazing job that you had to do just to counsel rough, and, and um, a lot of tears. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Good yeah. job, coach. Well, <laughs> well it was actually cool. My dad, my dad actually. He did a huge, you know, he he kind of knew it was somewhat was something was coming, you know. Okay. So we played our game before as a regional finals, yeah. um, and we were at home. And he said, "Hey, you might want to just cut down the nets after this game's over, just in case you don't play." Oh, good move. And I'm like, I don't know, that's superstitious, like, to, and and we did, and that to a lot of our guys is like their last memory. Oh, I think that awesome. was a, that was a good thing. So yeah. you know, finding wins when you know you can't always find them was is, is important. Yeah. So yeah, this I guess the Southern California champion, regional champion is good too yeah, down here, yeah like you said with yeah. a lot of talent density yeah. all that good stuff so yep. that's awesome um you have value in this area for other coaches who are trying to get to your level become a state champion coach um just a few things that you would tell them to focus on if they're a young coach or if they're even a more seasoned coach who haven't reached that level what do you see most coaches need to get to that level um i think Shoot, loaded, little loaded question. I'm gonna need more than 24 yeah, for this you're one. Good. But yeah, you're good. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, I think one of them is, and, and I, I know it's my salary, is professionalism. Mm -hmm. I think, I think as a coach, you gotta be professional. You know, um, I'm, I'm, you can say I'm old school, call it what you want, but you know, when we coach, you'll never see me in a t-shirt. You'll always see me in a polo. You know, you'll you'll always see my kids picking up trash when the games are over. You'll never see me cussing at refs. You'll never, you know, you'll see my guys. We're gonna do community service. Like, we're gonna be professional in every aspect of what we do. Um, and I think coaches have to model that behavior. There's a lot of antics out there, a lot of coaches that are trying to, you know, make sure it's about them. Mm. 
be professional in what you yeah. do. You know, uh, we're going to go play in our section in section seven mm-hmm. in Arizona, which is a huge tournament for high school kids. And they actually have a code of conduct for coaches, what you have to wear, yes. the kind of things you're allowed to say if you cuss, you know, and that stuff's important. You know, that stuff's important. It goes a long, long way. Um, and I think being a professional is going to get you in a lot of doors. You know, people know the ADs and, and uh, parents and, and I think a good amount of, you know, people that are hiring and, and, and making big decisions that they notice character and they notice professionalism. Um, and I think being professional, I think we're starting to lose a little bit of that. Um, you know, and then number two is, is, and this might sound weird, but you don't have to win a championship every year to have success. You know, yeah. there's, there, there can't be some places it's championship or bust. And that's great. That's, that's, that's their deal. I want to win a championship every year. I want to win every game I coach. Um, but it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Um, we talk about adversity and fighting against things. Like there's, there's some be said and there's fun in, and we lost, like we got to figure out why we're losing, you know, yeah. what we can do. And now right. we win and we see the success of hard work and, and, and making changes and things like that. And a lot of times it's putting pressure on yourself or administration, putting pressure like you don't have to win a championship every year and have success. Like that is not the definition of success, in my opinion, is having a championship. They're great. I won, won, won a bunch of them and it's fun. It's not it's not the end all be all. I've had plenty of teams that have been you know, 20 and 15 and we lost in the second round of playoffs and we had a great season for us. Like we had a great time. We had a great season, a great group of kids. They're going to universities and getting scholarships and academics and basketball. And there's something to be said about that, you know? And then I think the third one is, is use other coach, like find other coaches, find mentors that are going to help you. You know, I have plenty of mentors myself that I call all the time. Like, Hey, I don't know what to do about this. What do you think? You know, and I've been doing this now. This is year 16 being a varsity coach. Like I'm calling these guys all the time, asking for advice mm-hmm. and asking for opinions and sending them film. And um, I think that's important is find, find some mentors that, that are going to help you and, and, and give you advice. Um, we don't know everything. I don't know everything. Shoot. I'd probably know a quarter of, <laughs> you know, what, what's half of these guys even know. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, making sure we have mentors that can help us and guide us is so, so, so important and being humble enough to ask for help. Right. I think a lot of times, and this you know goes back to a lot of the mindset and mental health stuff. Like yeah. being able to ask for help is is a huge tool that that coaches and people have to be able to do. Ask for help. It's okay to call somebody. And say, hey, man, I need I need advice. I don't know what I'm doing here, you know. Um, and I think there's there's people you know coaches like helping people, whether they like helping kids, whether they like helping coaches, they enjoy yes. helping people. So I think that's important to to be able to ask for that. Absolutely. So you got 24 second shot clock. Let me know or let the people know uh, anything that you want to tell them just about what you have going on or, um, you know, where they can find you. We'll have all your handles and everything in the description. Okay. Um, Todd Wolfson's an awesome Twitter follow. So tell Thanks, us your man. handle and then anything else you want the people to know. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate First of all, I appreciate you having me. Um, this is awesome. I, I actually saw your thing on just scrolling through a feed of Instagram and video popped up. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And, you know, I'm glad I'm on it and I appreciate you having me. Um, I am on Twitter. Um, I'm at SFHS Hoops. Um, I don't have a personal Instagram. I just kind of use our school our school Instagram. I'm charged social media for our school, so I use our school Instagram. Um, and then, you know, you can Google me and find a bunch of podcasts and advice things. And I, you know, I, I, I guess I would tell, tell basketball players and families, like, reach out if you need advice. I'm, I, will, I will help anybody that needs advice. Reach out. You know, I have no skin in the game. I don't need your son to come to my school or pay you a fee to train them or get advice, help you out for nothing. Um, whether my advice is correct or not, so be it. But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you the best of my knowledge and advice, whatever advice I can give you. So, cool. Pleasure Appreciate you, me. man. Yes. Appreciate uh, you. Anytime. Come back. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank, thank you. you.